This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, listeners. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And today I have Christina Dronin on the show, who's going to be talking to us about how we can use the fruits of the spirit in our parenting walk. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can I get a heck yes? I know all of us could use more of these in our daily walk, right? If we're being honest, most of us would admit that there are many days where we're a little low on patience, we're a little low on self-control, probably a little low on gentleness, right? So to have a conversation around how we can really harness these gifts and rely on them and use them is just, I think, going to really bless you today. So I'm excited for you to get to know Christina. She is a wife, a mom of three sweet kiddos, and the founder and executive director of Finally Family Homes, a nonprofit organization helping kids who are aging out of foster care. The work that she's doing there is so incredible families. I'm really excited for you to learn about it. But she's also the author of the Parenting in Christ Bible study series and blogs over at gentlechristianparenting.com, where she has a free Facebook group where she gathers families in community who are really committed to practicing positive, gentle, respect, connection-based parenting. So I want you to go check her out, find her work, support her. Her Bible studies are just awesome. She has tons of coloring sheets out there, which are really cool to just really give your hands something to do while you're with your kids. If you have kids of young age and they color, I know back when my kids were little, it was like the best thing. When it was art time, we could sit and be present together. And for me, coloring was always a really great way just to be with them. So check out some of her coloring stuff. And yeah, I'm just extra thankful when I get to meet and become more familiar with the work of people like Christina, because, you know, I've been teaching now in this space for, I don't know, almost eight years now. And founded Fresh Start Family about four years ago. And for a few years, I was really kind of just down because it didn't seem like there was a ton of educators teaching, you know, Christian families how to apply this work into the daily fabric of their life and supporting families with why it is absolutely biblical to parent from a place of gentleness and firm kindness and connection and respect versus kind of the traditional things that you often hear preached in the in the church, which breaks my heart, and I know it breaks so many of your hearts too, and that is lots of punishment, lots of fear and force, just lots of overpowering, and scripture being cited in a very incorrect and inaccurate way. And so as time has gone on, I've met more and more friends and colleagues who are teaching in this space and supporting families of all faiths, really, because what Christina helps families understand, what I help families understand, again, you guys, is for families of all faith. This is work that is based in respect and dignity and compassion and empathy and grace and connection and firm kindness, right? That is for every person on the planet, no matter what faith or no faith you are. And it is just really special for me when I find people that have dedicated their lives and are really serving in a great capacity families of Christian faith because we are a family who loves Jesus and there is just so much misinformation out there about how you have to parent if you want to do it in a godly way, if you want to respect God. And like I said, it just it just breaks my heart. So I'm excited to get to know Christina a little bit more, get to know her work and the way she is supporting families. And I'm excited for you guys to have yet another resource to back you up when you're like, no, thanks. I'm not going to hit my kids. I'm not going to overpower them and use fear and force 
as these influential tools in our home and call it godly parenting. Like, no thanks. I'm going to go get supported by Wendy and her Jesus Guided Parenting Program. I'm going to get supported by Christina. I'm going to get supported by connected families. I'm going to get supported by flourishing homes and families. Like, all of these incredible resources that you guys hopefully know about now that you've met me and started to get to know me and my circle of friends and colleagues. So, Anyways, without further ado, I want you to help me welcome Christina, but I'm going to tell you one more thing just to make sure you guys are on our email list. If you are not on our email list, you guys remember, this is a great way to stay in touch with me on a consistent basis and for me to be able to cheer you on, motivate you, lift you up on those days when you you know, might be just wanting to run away and give up on parenting <laughs> by 10 a.m. Every single week, I send out weekly encouragements, weekly tips. Sometimes it's in a blog post. Oftentimes it's in a podcast. Sometimes it's in other resources. Our email list is the place where you get notified when we have our special discounts and sales on our program. At the time that I'm actually recording this intro, we actually are having a half price sale on private sessions with me, our sibling conflict bundle, how to help siblings get along. We also are having a half price sale on our firm and kind parenting blueprint. Now, by the time you listen to this episode, episode, of course, that sale will be finished. But my point is, if you are on the email list, then you get notified of those significant sales and those opportunities to save a lot of money when you invest in our education programs. And then on top of that, you're just hearing from me, we get to communicate. If you want to ask me a question, you just can hit reply like, hey, Wendy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Get on the email list, guys. If you haven't yet, you can do that really easily by heading to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash newsletter. All right, guys, lots of love. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Without further ado, help me welcome Christina to the show. Well, hey there. I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so excited to be here today with Christina Dronin. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here too. Christina is going to be talking to us today, listeners, about how we can relish in the fruits of the spirit in our parenting walk. And I cannot wait for you to get to know Christina better. I can't wait to get to know you better, Christina. I've admired your work for a while. And every time I find an educator or an advocate for gentle par- in the gentle parenting space that's supporting families and parents to help them thrive, I just get so excited. So I remember the day I think I found you through Instagram. I know Instagram gets a bad rap, but I have found just so many wonderful educators and advocates in the space. And it really feels like those of us who are teaching and supporting families in this manner is growing with massive abundance right now. And it just makes me so happy because seven years ago, it it didn't feel like that, right? Absolutely. I'm totally on the same page as you. (laughs) Yeah. So I remember messaging you and just being like, hi, (laughs) nice to meet you. I'm so happy to find another advocate in this space. So before we get going on our great conversation today about how we can really harness the power and relish and thrive in the fruits of the spirit as parents, tell us a little bit about yourself, Christina. Tell us how old your kids are. Tell us about the work that you do and how you became so passionate about serving God and families in this capacity. Yeah. So I grew up all over the place. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around every two to four years. So I don't know where to say I'm from, but I've actually lived in California <laughs> now for for longer than anywhere else. So we'll say I'm from California, <laughs> even though I moved here as an adult. So I live in the Los Angeles area. I'm in the outskirts with my husband and three kids. They are 14, a 14-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son. Oh, 11, actually. He just turned 11 yesterday. <laughs> nice. 11. <laughs> So I got used to saying that 11 year old son <laughs> and a three, three and a half, almost four year old daughter as well. And let's see, how did I get into this space? I honestly was 
I didn't like how I was raised and I wasn't yeah. even sure I wanted to have kids. I was like, well, we'll just see what happens. And, you know, I had had them. And and then I felt like when I had my firstborn, I thought I all my thoughts were, I don't want to raise her how I was raised. And that is not enough for guidance. What you yeah. don't want is not, <laughs> there's a whole lot of like, well, what else is there? What do I do? So I started researching and I felt like a lot of what I was reading was full of really personal opinion and peppered with a verse or two in the entire like book. And then, and this is God's way. And this is the way you have to do it or else, or else, or else your children will never be, you know, good members of society and they'll never be Christians and they'll never da da da. And it all felt threat- threatening and menacing. And I'm like, and I would hear so much, even from these authors and from other people, you know, well, God doesn't say that much about, about parenting. And I was like, wow, that's just, it doesn't seem to fit with what I know. I mean, God cares a lot about people and his children. And why would he leave something so important? Like, eh, doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I started really praying about it and researching and reading. And I felt like God opened up my eyes to see that like all of this, like all those commandments for how to treat each other and guidance and example of Christ all applies to parenting, every bit of it. So in fact, a great deal of scripture applies to parenting. There's not one or two random cherry picked verses. The fullness of who Christ is, I believe we are supposed to live out in the way that we engage with our children. And I've even had people say to me like, well, Jesus didn't have children. And I'm like, he called his disciples little children. And and we're all, he was fatherly towards all of those he raised. And in fact, what is it? Isaiah, is it Isaiah 9, 6 says, you know, the one that he's the Prince of Peace, the everlasting father, that's talking about Christ. And not he's not like God, the father, but he is fatherly. And he was very fatherly. He did everything yeah. fatherly. He corrected his disciples. He instructed them. Every bit of his engagement was guiding and and doing the things loving like a parent. So yeah, so I started researching and and I came across like you said a few back then because my oldest is fourteen, almost fifteen. There was gentle parenting. You, I don't think it was a Google search term back then. Yeah, <laughs> like there was something called gentle Christian mothers, and I think maybe one or two very obscure authors out there. And I really, once I found it, I was like, there is, you know, there's this whole world of of caring in a different way and raising your kids in a way that that reflects everything that I know to be true about Christianity and, and doesn't say, check your Christianity at the door while you act like this other person is a parent. So, so I, but I felt like everything I thought, again, didn't feel like there was enough scripture out there. And that's why I started writing my Bible study guides, because I felt like the scripture is what really got a hold of and gave me that confidence to parent differently. And I wanted to give other, especially Christians, that empowerment and that truth that comes right from scripture and how to parent in a godly, gentle way. Oh, so good. Well, it's so cool that we have similar aged kiddos. I don't have a little one anymore, but I have a 14, almost 15 year old daughter and my son is 11 too. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, you could get bored. You could have another one. I get tired of having sleep and... Oh my gosh. I know, right? It's a wild thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You are brave, girl. You are brave. I am relishing. I keep using that term today. We were joking before we pushed record that it's kind of a grandma term, but here I am. I keep, I'm like loving it. I keep saying it. I am relishing in being able to sleep in and just, you know, teenagehood is like, has its own set of challenges, but I'm telling you the independence and the freedom. I'm like, hallelujah. But I do miss those early years. We babysat our neighbor's little boys yesterday and I was just loving the snuggles and Mm -hmm. All the things. So those are, those are great ages. Well, that's awesome. And then tell us a little bit more. I know you're a busy, busy girl. You, you have things you do in addition to your gentle Christian parenting work. So tell us about your nonprofit. You're doing amazing work with that, Christina. I would love to hear more. Oh yeah. I know. I should have mentioned that in the beginning as well. I really feel like it's related. The, my part of my heart and passion is is advocacy for for the children and making sure that we rep- represent Christ well, and that's for parents. And then also in in ministry, and I just have a heart for those kids who who age out of foster care. So the ones who get to be eighteen years old 
And they basically, you know, the system says, sorry, we couldn't reunite you with any family. We couldn't find you a place to be adopted. And now you're 18. And so it's, it doesn't go well. They fall into human trafficking. They're actually a major target of human trafficking, homelessness. And, and when you think of homelessness, you don't always think of an 18 year old or a 19 year old or, you know, a young adult who is completely fairly capable, but like who on their 18th birthday walks out the door with a garbage bag of their clothes and makes it in life. You know, it's, they have no support. The furniture, even in their bedroom is not theirs. You know, they don't have a bed or bed sheets. They don't have, you know, the things that everybody who has a family of origin that's solid has, and even, even the guidance and direction, someone to call if your car breaks down. And so I live in the LA area, as I mentioned earlier, we have the largest foster care system in the nation and the largest unhoused homeless population. Last I checked, LA County has over 100,000 homeless people. And I believe that was not even like, that's not even, that's like a year ago. So who knows, you know, what the pandemic has done. And about a thousand kids from foster care sleep unsheltered every night on the streets of LA. So they, they hide well. They're not like, all laid out, you know, on a, on a street yeah. kind of day, the, the young adults, they, they couch surf until they can't make it or, you know, sleep in their cars and things like that. And so God, God is very clear in scripture. I feel like about caring for the orphan and the widow from, from old Testament to new. And I think that's just speaks to his overall heart. Same for children, right? He's all about the underclass, the forgotten about the cast aside, the, those that maybe, society says are, are less important or don't have anything to offer. And, and I feel like, you know, foster youth who age out are our orphans and, and our children as well as, as little ones, you know, a lot of times with more authoritarian parenting, you'll hear very dismissive and denigrating a child as if they are not equally valuable yes. and important in God's eyes. And so I had the, the heart for that for whatever reason, God, God's did it. He uh, he brought it up through my church and felt this passion to step in and, and say to these kids who think nobody else cares about them like we care. There's people who care once they know. And um, so we provide. I have a birthday box behind me. We do. We celebrate their birthdays because a, an aged out youth told us that in her entire time in foster care, they never celebrated her birthday once. And if you're, world. I know if you're already feeling unchosen and forgotten about and unloved, you know, that kind of drives it home. So we cel- make sure their birthdays are celebrated. We celebrate their successes, like graduations. I got a graduation gift there too behind me. And then, nice. and so we may try to care, take care of their hearts as well as their basic needs. Just helped a homeless mama who's a foster youth who had a baby of her own, you know, find some shelter and support. And, and it is faith-based. So we don't say like, oh, you, if you want food, you got to go to Bible study or anything like that. It's all, yeah. we are sharing the love of Jesus. And if you want to come to a church or if you want to know more about him, you know, then, then we're happy to share that with you as well. But our p- primary focus, and it's taken some time to get here, is housing. And that's the number one need. And so we're helping youth build to own their own tiny homes on wheels, creating our own affordable oh. housing in LA. I know. And they're fun too. I don't know, tiny homes. Heck yes, they are. <laughs> Part of me wants to sell everything I own and just live in a tiny home. And oh yeah, yeah. I oh. I was I was very interested until I had my third kid, and then I'm like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe a while longer for me personally, and then like providing housing while they build those tiny homes. So, so yeah, that's that's wow. what I do for a lot of the day. It's a it's a lot of work, but yeah, my I guess my heart is just with the underdog and for you know caring for those especially children and, and showing them the heart of Jesus in, in our actions. Oh, it's so cool to, to just hear about different people's stories and what God puts on each of our hearts, right? Because he chooses all of us to do something different and to just be on fire for him in different ways. And so that is just so inspiring to hear that. What's the name of the nonprofit one more time for everyone to hear? Fine. Yeah, it's Finally Family Homes. Finally, family homes. Beautiful. And you start working with those children when they're 17, 18 years old, right? About eight. Yeah. Usually right around 18. Not we, right sometimes around. younger, but 18 is really because they're in the system usually until 18. And so there's a different set of rules and, you know, things like that that happen in that time. 
Wow. It's also so cool. I think so many of us that end up in this space as educators or people who are helping parents really at the core is that we're children advocates, right? Like we just have such a heart for kids and we're just not down with them being forgotten about, them being talked down to, put in a different bucket of respect. Like it's just, I think it is at the center of us, right? And and we know that we can help them the most when we work with their parents. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I know Chad Henge from Connected Families, who we love and has been on our show quite a few times. He was a therapist that worked with kids a lot for years and years. And then once he became a parenting coach and a life coach that worked with parents, he said he just felt like the way that he could help families and the the transformations that he saw in homes was so much greater when he actually was able to work with the parents and he was able to help the children even more than just working with the parents. But I don't know if you get it sometimes when people find you or come to you, but a lot of times when people step into this space, they think, oh, you're going to help. You're going to work with my kid. (laughs) And then usually we turn to them and say, actually, we're going to work with you. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I think, and I think in the gentle parenting space, that is one key difference is that, you know, I, even my Bible studies, they're not like, and then your kid will, and then this, you know, it's, yeah. if you want to teach your kids self-control, let's, here's how you work on your self-control. <laughs> you know, like yes. It really is modeling and it is, it's all about, and I feel like the gentle parenting, it's all about controlling your behavior and how you respond and what you say and, and, and the kid, how they respond. Honestly, it is, more like it's up to them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can be a fantastic parent and still have kids that are, you know, not as fantastic as you parent. Yes, <laughs> but at yeah. the end of the day, you're you're held accountable. Like we we in Scripture says this: we will be held accountable for the care that we give, and we're stewards, and we are stewards. They are God's children, and we won't be held accountable for everything that they do. We will be held accountable for what we do. That the lessons that even if your kids do become and wily or, or go astray, having you behave and be a solid character in their life, a solid person and and someone who's dependably, you know, patient or gentle or whatever, they know that they can come back to you. You know, it's like, I think of the prodigal son story, right? And the father, for the longest time, I was like, he must be a terrible father. <laughs> <laughs> One kid ran off, the other is a self-righteous jerk. But when the going got tough and this kid who like blew it all and was terrible, he came back because he knew who the father was because he knew the father would, at least he would help even a stranger or even a servant and treat them better than what he was being treated out there. So the character of the father is what brought the child back and what led to restoration, you know? And I think that that's how God views us. And I think that our children are blessed when we work on ourselves and make sure that we are, treating them, like I said, as, as Christ would treat us or representing Christ well. And, and that fruit, you know, who knows how it comes about, whether it's, you know, when they're older, when they're younger, I, I saw immediate changes in my kids when I started being more gentle. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you. But then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. 
I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Yeah, it is all about the parent. Yeah. And that's the thing though. I'm I'm sure you see the same thing is yes, every once in a blue moon, there's a child that still is just like cray cray or something, but for the majority, like 99% of the families we work with, right? I see you nodding is like, as the parent cleans up, as the parent works on their own self-control, we're going to talk about humility and gentleness and patience and all the things today is they really like focus on building those and modeling those and using those and compassion and forgiveness and firm kindness instead of fear and intimidation. Like it just, it's like magic. It's not magic (laughs) because it's God, but it's, it's like magic. Like these kids just, I mean, that was my story, right? I mean, I was banging my head against a wall for a while trying to figure out how to make my unruly little girl when she was three years old and very strong-willed still is to this day. Thank God for her spirit. But it's like, why is nothing working? Like these timeouts and these spankings. And then as soon as I started to switch and started to treat her differently and see her differently and take responsibility where I was modeling the same aggression that I would come so hard, so down on her for, it was, you know, it was very magical. It's been quite the journey. It wasn't like overnight or anything, but there was moments where I was just like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. These kids, you know, they want to be just like us when they respect us. If it's, if it's false respect or not true power, then it's, you know, it's a facade that they want to be like us. But when you have true respect in your home and trust and all those things, great connection. Then your kids just naturally want to be like you. They want to follow your lead. They have that, that healthy fear, which is all about awe and inspiration and reverence and glorifying, right? Like not scared to death. They're going to hurt me fear that a lot of people, I think, translate a lot of scripture to mean when it doesn't. But yeah, it's just beautiful. So, and then one more, one more question before we get into the fruits of the spirit conversation, we've already started to touch on it, but so now your work with gentle Christian parenting, you have your Bible studies and then like, tell me what your day-to-day looks like for that, that side of the, your job. You have a dual side, you got your nonprofit and then you got your, I have a blog as well. And then a Facebook group. So there's a lot of engagement in the Facebook group about the day-to-day things, but I do try to really always kind of direct this conversation. I'm, I'm a, maybe a little different than others in, in terms of, I try to steer away from like, my kid keeps biting so-and-so, da-da-da, you know, and how do we deal with it? And mm-hmm. because that gets into some really functional areas where I think like mental health advocates and, and people who are more in behavior areas have a lot of already great advice out there. I love how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk by Faber and Maslisch. And I read that when my daughter was three. So I was already like anti-spanking. But, and some people think that's gentle parenting. And I would I would say that's a first step. But I was still punishing. And it was like yeah. in three-year-old. And I was like, I don't even like her anymore. I don't even know what to do. I hate that our relationship is being destroyed by these battles. And so, yeah, I read that book and started taking those like practical steps, you know, and I think that's really helpful. But for me, I again, I feel like there's so much wealth of information that come can come from the themes in scripture and the identity we have in Christ. So for instance, I have one of my parenting books, maybe that's the most practical is training in the disciplines of Jesus. So like prayer and taking time praying over your child, praying with your child, turning to God in prayer when you're overwhelmed in parenting. So you know what I mean? Where it's like a broader yeah. spiritual engagement. And so that's that's kind of where I try to lead and focus in my parenting is, is how do we turn to 
to God and his word for, for guidance in, in a broad, you know, group of, mm. of situations, if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, perfect. Well, this conversation then is perfect. We're not going to be talking strategies and techniques and all the things which we do a ton of inside of our programs. But yeah, let's just talk big picture. We're going to specifically look at scripture today around the fruits of the spirit, one of my favorite scriptures in the world, but I'll go ahead and read it for us. Galatians 6, 22. I think it's time that I get stronger glasses. Oh my gosh. I think, I think it's I think it's Galatians 5 22. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. I'm telling you, I chose the wrong glasses and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I gonna be able to read this right now? But I like to read out of my Bible versus the computer when I can. And so I had grabbed yeah. it, but okay, I can see now. Thank you. Galatians yeah. 5 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against those things. And then I work out of, or I study out of a life application Bible, which I recommend to everyone. We have it on our shop page of our website. It's the best, but our little translation at the bottom says, the fruit of the spirit is the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in us. The spirit produces these character traits that are found in the nature of Christ. They are the byproducts of Christ control. We can't obtain them by trying to get them without his help. If we want the fruit of the spirit to grow in us, we must join our life to his. We must know him, love him, remember him, and imitate him. As a result, we will fulfill the intended purpose of the law to love God and our neighbors. What a beautiful explanation there, right? Yeah, but I know as we were chatting before, you were saying that some of your favorite fruits of the spirit are gentleness and self-control. So let's start with those. Talk to us about, let's just take gentleness. I mean, your your organization, Gentle Christian Parenting, why is this you know, one of your favorite fruits of the spirit and how can we really lean on it in our parenting walk and really receive it, right? Like that's instead of striving, it's like, just receive it. Yeah. Talk to us about that. I grew up without any gentleness in our family in any sort of way. Yeah. There were no gentle words or, you know, amongst each other or anything. And, and I, and I think I had maybe what was a more mainstream opinion of gentleness being kind of like weakness. And so understanding it better really made me more excited about it, I guess. And understanding yeah. that gentleness is actually strength, great strength, right? I mean, if you're practicing gentle parenting, if you've even done it once, you know, (laughs) your kid is like falling on the ground and screaming and kicking and you're like calm and gentle. That's like great strength, strength and self-control and all at once to hold back, just reacting to being your three-year-old self, right? Which is the unrestrained, not using the prefrontal cortex part of your brain, one is a great quote about how gentleness actually usually advances your cause. You know, you might think a show of might or show of power or strength or force, you know, that's how we, again, a three-year-old would try to get their way, right? This is how maybe our gut reaction is, but it's through gentleness that we can actually be more powerful and effective, right? Because we're helping bring down defenses rather than when you're forceful, you're putting up other people's defenses. And then just again, like, with it not being talked about much, you know, there's so much gentleness of Christ you see in scripture. Once you you open up your eyes to see, and the fact that it's one of the chosen aspects of of having been saved and having received the Holy Spirit, like this is part of your evidence, right? This is your fruit. Like your gentleness is how you stand out from the world as someone who has received Christ and been transformed by him. So I think it's just less talked about. I feel like it, you know, I don't know the last time I heard a sermon on gentleness. I've heard lots of yeah. sermons on self-control or even maybe patience or love or joy, but I don't know. I guess that's part of my underdog. <laughs> I, like yeah. underdog. <laughs> I like the underdog fruit of the spirit too. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Gentleness has definitely been one of those ones that I'm learning more and more every day, right? It's like such a journey, but I've been thinking about the fruits of the spirit because sometimes I'll teach and, you know, we'll joke like, which one do you need more of? And do you want more of, but they're all, I think, readily available to us. It's like, are we willing and ready to receive them? So I've been working with myself to just have 
you know, talk about like, I'm still in the process of receiving that as one, a trait that I'm really good at and that I'm blessed with. Like we all know it's like, Hey, when you're a believer, you have all that power. It's ready to access. You just have to believe you have to receive it. And gentleness, there has been a lot of ungentleness in my motherhood journey over the years, you know, and it is so beautiful when you can have those moments. And now thank God, I do feel like I'm able to receive it on, you know, and and use it in my parenting walk quite often. And it it just is amazing how influential it is. Like it's just so influential. And I I hear a lot of students say this too, but when we're gentle, when we don't rush to conclusions, we don't jump to conclusions or we don't rush to to fix or correct. But when we're gentle and slow and guiding, I think it it gives our children also the opportunity to come forward and not feel like they're being forced or not like they just naturally start to respond a little bit more when you give them a little bit of space and you're not so forceful with it. So yeah, yeah gentleness is such a good one. One of the things we we don't like to read is that part before the fruit of the spirit where it talks the acts of the flesh, right? And and some of the acts of of the the flesh are hatred, discord, you know, fits of rage, selfish ambition, factions, you know, and and so it's all that things, all those things that are very contrary to the gentleness, right? It's and so when we're not gentle, we we can bring up rage in our children or express the rage in ourselves or create divisions. And so I think that that gentleness is is really a powerful tool for preventing battles and divisions. Oh, I love that. And you know what? Just made me think before we move on to a different one. We're just kind of having fun choosing a few of these today, listeners, to touch on, but let's talk real quick about gentleness with ourselves, right? Because as I'm sharing about my journey and, you know, I haven't had a a perfect rollout of gentleness over the years, right? I mean, I've written articles before Christina, one's called I Left Bruises. It was a night that I just got so angry at my son. He was having a meltdown in the street and I like grabbed him. And I remember like dragging him in, being so embarrassed, thinking like, oh my gosh, people are judging me. And and he's my easygoing one. Like he's most of my stories are not about him, but I remember the moment. This story always evokes emotion in me, and that's okay because emotion's good, right? It's like this beautiful God-given design. And thank God it's no longer shame. It used to be shame, and now it's just like, oh, that was a crappy memory. <laughs> but I remember the moment where I squeezed him extra tight on purpose, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it was an accident. And there was the next night in the bathtub. He was like, hey, mama. And he's like his little naked four-year-old self. And I just looked over and I saw these like fingerprint bruises. Mm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, and you know, just the barrage of negative self-talk, which I think is one of the detriments of growing up in such an authoritative house or autocratic house. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just with, with fear and force comes a lot of shame, a lot of the concept, like in order to make a child behave better, you must first make them feel worse about themselves. So there's just, it's like, that has been something that I have joyfully and actively been on a mission to break in myself and help other parents get away from. But man, I know that there's a lot of people listening right now that can relate, right? And I'm sure you can even too. It's like, like here we are talking about how wonderful it is to, to relish and thrive in this fruit of the spirit. And so many of us have these many moments where we just really made big mistakes. So obviously, I mean, I, I do so much teaching around this, but I want to hear your thoughts on this idea of self-compassion and just being gentle with yourself of our humanness and all that good stuff. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think that's where you have to start, especially if you're stepping into gentle parenting, you being gentle with yourself. And that's the, one of those funny like paradoxes I see sometimes when people are stepping in and, and starting to make those choices is when they slip back into old ways. Oh, I can't believe it. I feel like the worst mom ever. And, you know, and it's like that, all that stuff, like you said, the shame, shame is not beneficial. Shame is not from Christ. Conviction says I made a mistake, right? And I made yeah. a bad choice. But your identity, and that's where we're like getting your identity. And that, and that's where I know I talked before the show about how I love humility. And that's, again, one of those under, under misunderstood things, I think, out there. But I think humility is getting your identity in Christ. And so, so 
it's prideful to have shame, if that makes sense. You're saying, right. no, I don't accept what God has said about me. I'm a, I'm a terrible person. Like, so that's, that's a form of pride. If that makes sense. I love that. Yes. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You, it, sometimes it takes humility to believe that you're better than you feel like, you know, that you're worth more than what you believe because you have, that's the humility of accepting about what God says about you. And so there's that truth out there that what you believe about yourself is how you behave. You behave from your identity. And that's part of why you would never want to say, oh, you're a bad, you're a bad kid. You're a bad boy, blah, blah, blah. What does the bad boy do? I'm a bad boy. So I'm going to be bad. You know, like (laughs) you act out of your identity. And so I think if you, you know, if you're going to be a compassionate, forgiving, gentle person that needs to be on yourself as well. And, and there's, it's hard to have to give others what you can't give yourself. And so I think that's super important and something I am absolutely working on as well. I am like definitely my own worst critic and and I tend to have really harsh judgmental responses on myself. And I know you probably know this and have said it before, but what your parents say to you becomes your internal script. I've found myself saying things and I'm, and, and I've been in therapy to be honest. And, and I've been very beneficial. And that's sometimes where they say, where does that come from? Why are you saying this about yourself? And, and I, and I can pinpoint exact moments of when it was said to me over and over and over again. And so whenever I recognize that self-talk, that's, that's old scripts running or things that were said to me, I try to change it. And I try to be very mindful of how I speak to my children and how I speak to their identity, because I know that I'm writing some of their own scripts, like what kind of things I want them to say to themselves. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night, knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. I think absolutely we have to be gentle and patient if we want to express that gentleness outward to our kids. And it's hard. I don't know. It's yeah. very hard for us. Like our kids are lucky. Yeah. Their, their little brains are more moldable. Ours, yeah. you know, I've got years of dialogue to overwrite. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it's like you can always rewrite the dialogue and make new imprints and the moments when you weren't gentle, right? Like it just has you, as I heard you thinking like, like even with our words, right? Like I'm giving an example of physicality, but like even with words, right? Like I was raised with a common phrase, shame on you. 
Like, what were you thinking? And the times that that's come out with my daughter has been one of some of the most like regretful moments that I had. And it was, for me, it came out as like, can you just, well, there was one time I said, can you just stop being you? And it was a version of like, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I could like hear, and this is kind of rolls into self-control, which we'll talk next, but I could like feel it coming out in that moment. And I was like, no, 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 don't say it. <laughs> don't yeah. say it. But my point is, it's like, we, you know, again, regrets, conviction, guilt, it's all, it's all like part of being a human being, right? Shame is not, but knowing that within this work, you know, we practice and we have the ability to just redo things and and make new imprints on our children's brain and explain to them like, Hey, that is from, I've told my daughter this many times that is, as you said, an, an old script. That's something that I heard, you know, who knows by the time I was, you know, it probably stopped when I was like 12 or 13, but I, you know, I'm going to guess 27, 37 times, you know, who knows from the time, all the little mistakes I made as a kid. And so that was just, that was just me that didn't have anything to do with you. And and you can create new imprints of, I'm so thankful God designed you the way you are. I love your strong will. I love your tenacity. I love your dedication. I love how out of the box you are. Like, don't ever change. Do not ever change. Don't ever be different. Like, be proud of who you are. Like, I am so inspired by you, all those things. I think as long as you're, you're willing and to do that work, it's like 99% of the mistakes in the world are repairable. I think you get in trouble when you just like make a mistake and then you never make amends. That's the way I was raised, right? Like we would scream and yell and fights and whatever. And then it was the next morning was like, would, do you want pancakes or toast? You know, like then no one would ever talk about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, this sucked, but okay. Awesome. Well, talk to us about a little bit about self-control, Christina. What are your thoughts on that and how it can bless us and how we can relish in self-control as a fruit of the spirit as parents? I, I learned something interesting. I actually, you know, I'm in LA, so I'm near Hollywood. I was in an infomercial. <laughs> weight loss infomercial and had this like uh, coaching guy. And I felt like one of the interesting things that I learned through experience and and his coaching is self-control is, he said, it's kind of like a battery that we can be depleted of it. And I think that's totally true for me anyway. That's why I fail at my diet. If I do, it's at night. Right. And I thought it was just because like, I don't know, nighttime, but it's because I've spent the whole day having self-control. And by the end of the day, when I'm tired and I've worn out my battery of self-control, you know, then I'm like, ah, it's just a piece of chocolate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think we see it in our children when they get home from school. Sometimes I've, I've had kids, mostly my son is that way where, you know, when they tell me how he's doing at school, I'm like, you're sure like the blonde kid, because <laughs> that's not how he acts at home, you know, like, yeah. because he's so good at school. And I'm like, he has, he can do that. He can listen. And I think there's that same concept of like, they, they keep it together. They're good listeners at school. And then they see mom where they're comfortable. They feel safe. They've held it together. And they're like, blah, you know, and it all comes out. So I think there's yeah. definitely some truth, truth to that. And I think this is really where, like what you said about the fruit of the spirit receiving, we need to have our battery full. We need to have do that spiritual and self-care where we have that ability to keep going. And one of the things I learned in this, in this, infomercial class <laughs> was he wanted us to do things throughout the day to really care for ourselves, to do things to de-stress. So like we were supposed to go on a 20 minute walk because there's science that's 20 minutes will lower yeah. your cortisol levels. And I, and I use that all the time when I'm stressed out. And then what was other things, just little self-care things, even going for a massage. I was very strict, I guess, about going for a, a Chinese foot massage every week. Nice. And, and I was very successful in losing weight in that time. And I think it's because I was refilling that battery in different ways. And so I think that's one of the ways to look at self-control. And I think, you know, there is receiving and I, and I love the term that I've heard from a pastor before grace and choice, right? Grace Mm -hmm. is that receiving, receiving of the fruit of the spirit, but we have a choice in each one of those fruits of the spirit, right? Like we have a choice to love. We have a choice to have self-control. It's not just like, you know, (laughs) at least the way that I've lived, you know, there's, I still have my choice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's that that grace and choice both with with self-control as well. Is how can we feed into ourselves with the Holy Spirit, with with God's word, with even just self-care 
and then make that choice and have a plan for self-control. So I think, you know, when it comes to our children's behavior, if I know that, you know, when my, my daughter throws a fit, it triggers me and I want to lose my temper, like having a decision ahead of time. Okay. Well, when she throws a fit, I know that I'm not going to yell at her and I'm not going to be like, stop doing that. And I'm not, I'm going to choose to say this. I'm going to take five deep breaths. Having a plan helps with self-control. Self-control is really hard to just come up with on the spot. Having a plan for how you're going to have self-control. Like if you're on a diet, you that's throwing away the brownies out of your house. You know? Yeah. So that same kind of thing, having a plan and for how you're going to deal with that planned control it will help you be more successful and help you, you know, whether that's a set of tools and strategies or scriptures you call on. That's one of the things I find helpful for self-control. I love that. And you mentioned, you mentioned calling on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that can be really helpful. Again, big, big work in progress. I get so many ideas when I coach and teach. It's amazing. And then in real life, I'm like, well, I don't always apply that, but just calling on it, right? I mean, we, we teach something a lot of educators teach us, but a pause button or a heart connector where you're creating that space between the stimulus and the response. But I think so often we forget to just call on it. Like, Jesus, give me self-control right now. Mm-hmm. I harness the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in this moment. Give me self-control because it's like if sometimes you can just name it and call it and pull from it, you know, it's it's so freely given. But most of the times I've lost, I've not had a great amount of self-control or made mistakes or done things that I later regret. I did not slow down and pause and, and call on the Father to help. So I think there's a lot of power in that. It's hard to like be in Jesus's presence and call the Holy Spirit into a room and then still act in a way that is against it, right? So I think that if we can just get into a practice in the morning doing that, that's great. Okay, well, let's, I mean, gosh, we could talk all day, Christina. (laughs) I mean, there's so many that we haven't covered, but humility is not on the list of gentle, I mean, of, sorry, the fruits of the spirit per Mm -hmm. se, but it's obviously a cousin of so many things. So Mm -hmm. talk to us just about, why you think humility, I always say humility is a superpower, but I want to hear your words. Why do you think it's so wonderful to have in our parenting walk if we're doing gentle, positive, connected, whatever based parenting, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. So I think humility is such a key ingredient to being a Christian, first of all. It takes humility. And that's what Jesus talked about when he said, if you if you want to enter in the kingdom, you must do it like a little child. He meant like the humility of a little child. And and maybe other aspects to the teachability. But that I mean humility and teachability are are almost syn- synonyms really. And I think if we have a teachable spirit towards our children, if we have a position of humility, what can I learn from my child? How can I observe and take in what they're doing? This idea of asking questions instead of assuming, I see this bad behavior, you know, you know, why are you being such a whatever? Instead of that saying, you know, are you feeling upset right now? Are you angry? Are you asking questions, taking in and giving them a chance to put words to how they feel or what's going on? You know, sometimes we assume bad intentions when we see something. So it's it's really like a basis for for loving others too, right? We yeah. we assume assuming the best in them or asking or t- saying I don't know. And I think kind of just thinking of your story earlier that that apologizing, like we need yeah. to apologize to our children when we've made mistakes and own our mistakes. And I think that's a really good example of healthy relationships and engagement for them to see that, for them to not idolatrize, idolatrize us. It's a big word. <laughs> you know, we don't want them to think that we're perfect. We, yeah. we don't, we're not their saviors. Jesus is their savior. We're yeah. just pointing to him. And so by being humble, by saying, I made a mistake, I, I, it wasn't, you know, I'm, I made a poor choice here, whether it's with them or just in life in general, that's an opportunity, you know, like I'm not perfect, but Jesus is perfect. And his, his sacrifice paid for that sin and, and just teaching them how to even cope with life and their own mistakes and that they can go and more easily. I struggle with apologizing. I was never once apologized to as a kid, never, ever, no matter how bad the behavior. And so I, that's one of those things too. I struggle with them. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like, I hate that about myself. I'm like, why can't I just be like, I'm sorry. I made a poor choice, right. you know, like, and own it. But it's that, you know, I guess if I, if I'm more strongly in my identity in Christ, it's easier to do that. Right. Like this is yeah. not a judgment on me, but the other thing, and, and I, 
I wanted to speak to this, you know, the humility is, you know, in conflict with shame, as we talked about before. And I think the reason why so many parents try to use shame is we think that will bring about change. We think that that will make our children do better next time. And the opposite is true, right? They they hold yeah. on to that shame and that leads to bad behavior. And uh, there's also that scripture, which speaks to the fruit of the spirit. Romans 2, 4 is that God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. And that transformation actually comes from that kindness, from God, yes. God's goodness towards us. It's supposed to melt our hearts and draw him, draw us to him. Not that God's, we, I don't know anybody who's like, I felt so ashamed that I just came to Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. That's why it drives me nuts. Like the shame filled messages that are given to try to bring people to Christ. Like just in general, I'm like, what, what? Like there's a, there's a tractor trailer near us. that's like repent or go to hell. And I'm like, yeah. really? Is that working? Is anyone like coming up and being like, hello, I would like to get to know Jesus. Cause I don't know. It's just a, Maybe yeah. You should post Romans 2 for above that. <laughs> Kindness leads to repentance. repentance. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, exactly right. So it's, yeah, how, think, it's again, the, that, that prodigal son story, the, the father was so good. He didn't come back because he's like, I want to get a good dose of yelling at and shame from my father, right? Yeah. He came back because he knew his father was full of mercy and grace and goodness. And so I think that, to, and the father was very humble in that story. He ran, he lifted his, garb and, and he did shameful things by not being all, all full of pomp and circumstance and whatever and, and doing all the, the proper prideful, you know, things. So I think that humility is a gateway to connection, is the gateway to God's kingdom. And I think it it is like, it's the foundation. It is, I think uh, St. Augustine said, it's the virtue upon which all other virtues rest, you know, that, that yeah. all that, that fruit of the spirit, and you don't get it unless you humbly come to Christ first and humbly ask the Holy Spirit to help you in those moments. Oh my gosh, that is so well said, Christina. And yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And the cool thing is, is, you know, all this stuff that we learn in scripture and that is taught to us, it really does it like you turn it into your parenting and it, and it so translates, it, it totally works. Like, you know, if kindness, if God uses kindness to help us turn from our, our ways and our sin, it's like, it's this exact same thing. I've seen it over and over again with my own kids. I've seen it over and over again with so many students from all over the world when they are able to have humility with their kids, their kids often just turn around and mimic the behavior the next day. Like we've had so many stories of, you know, where parents either apologize or did a makeup or a redo or just took responsibility and said, hey, you don't deserve to be yelled at. No one should ever yell at you. You don't deserve to be harmed or hurt or whatever. And then the next day, the kid makes a mistake and smacks his sister. And then like without, like just last week, there was a, or two weeks ago in my certification group with women who are becoming certified in, in the Fresh Start Family Approach, one of them shared that their little boy, he was, I think is four, got in trouble at Sunday school. And it was, it was a big to do. I mean, it was like, he was in big, <laughs> he, was, he got in a lot of trouble. Anyways, it was not even like two hours after he got home that he had asked his mom if he could have paper and pens and he wanted to draw a picture for his teacher and do a makeup and write an apology. And then he didn't want to wait. He wanted to take that to her that afternoon to hand deliver it, to let her know how he was really sorry for the mistake he had made and, and how he had disrupted the classroom, of course, in four-year-old language. But I mean, we just see those stories all the time. Like when you model and you don't have to model perfectly, but when you embrace and use humility, even if I read a study the other week that was like, even if you're practicing gentle or connected or positive parenting, like 30% of the time and you're messing up 70, it is enough to have significant like contributions to, to have your children really grow up to be very healthy human beings. But yeah, we just see how effective and influential humility is. And so I just, I love it. So Christina, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I could chat with you all day and I'm just yeah. so <laughs> happy to get to know your work and all the wonderful things you are doing in the world. It's one of my favorite parts about having this podcast and owning this company is getting to meet just wonderful people like you. So tell listeners, I'm going to put everything in the show notes too, but yeah. tell listeners where they can find you and all that good stuff. For Gentle Christian Parenting, it's gentlechristianparenting.com. 
And a Facebook group is Gentle Christian Parenting, I think, as well. Um, Caring for Children Like Jesus. And the Instagram, Gentle Christian Parenting. (laughs) My books are called Parenting in Christ, though. So those are the Bible study discussion guides, and you can find them lots of places, Amazon, Target. If you care about foster youth at all or helping kids aging out of foster care, that's Finally Family Homes and finallyfamilyhomes.org. And then the same for all of our social media as well, Finally Family Homes. So so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you listeners. Go find Christina on all her platforms and our socials and all the things and please support her work. Christina, thanks again for being here with me today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate discipline toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 136. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.